The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Celebrity voice impersonation, not an endorsement. Why go to a single furniture store when you can go to Big Sandy Superstore. Shop and compare America's top five mattress brands, plus Nectar and Purple. And choose from over 22,000 in-stock appliances from the top brands at the guaranteed lowest price. Or furnish the room of your dreams with a large selection of American-built furniture. With financing plans for just about anyone, there's nowhere else quite like it. Big Sandy Superstore. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Hello, good morning, angels, and welcome back to Morning Ray. I'm your host, Lan or Alana, and today's episode is a really good one. I have Adriana on the podcast. We are discussing everything from influencer marketing, from the business perspective, knowing when it's the right time to leave your job and go off on your own, making a career switch in your 20s, finding that balanced that balance between work and life and taking care of your mental health. You know, I'm a huge advocate of finding this balance between your life and work and everything in between. So I'm really excited for you to hear Adriana on the episode. I think it's going to be a really good one. I think it's going to answer a lot of questions that you guys are always asking me and even questions like I've always wondered and wanted to share with you. So I think it's going to be a good one. Um, but let's get into our we, we wow, <laughs> I can't speak, guys. When can I ever speak? I actually am very concerned. Maybe I need to go back to speech therapy. Um, I used to do speech therapy when I was younger. I can't remember if I told you guys that already, but I did used to do speech therapy when I was younger because my tongue, I don't know if it still is, but it was too big for my mouth. So I would do this thing where I would swallow my words and we're going to full story time. And I remember the only thing I remember from it was having to like put the tongue to the roof of my mouth and do like the sound. Like I just, that's all I remember. And I just remember like when I got a bit older, apparently I started to swallow my words again and my parents would tell my teachers to look out for it. Like my English teachers, I don't know, but I feel like I need to go back to speech therapy because I can't pronounce words half the time and they just come out wrong. And I don't know if it's just because I'm speaking before I'm thinking sort of thing. Um, But enough about my speech issues. You would think I would get it together being a podcast host over here, but it's okay. We're good. Um, Let's do our weekly intention. Maybe I'll continue. I I don't know. I feel like I need to update you guys a little bit. It was my birthday 
on Saturday. I'm recording this on Tuesday, August 9th. So it was my birthday on August 6th. It was Coffee Boy Sean's on August 8th yesterday. Um, but forget about Sean for a moment. Um, but I did see him last week. I did. I did see him, but I didn't say hi. We need to work on that. Maybe when we're 23, now that we're 23, we'll work on it. Um, but my birthday was so lovely. Thank you to everyone who wished me happy birthday on Instagram DMs on my TikTok. I truly, truly appreciate and love you all so much. I felt so loved. I had an incredible day until the last hour. Um, Land decided to be a little stupid. Um, we had a little too much to drink and we experimented a little bit. Um, did not go too well. I'm not ready to talk about that yet. Don't know if I want to talk about it yet on here, but um, I'm okay. I we, we were a bit dead on Sunday, but that's okay. That's what birthdays are for. I still had a really great time and so, so thankful for all my friends and my family and you guys and all the lovely birthday wishes. I felt so spoiled and loved and definitely another amazing birthday in the books. But now let's get into our weekly intentions. Now officially, we're actually going to get into our weekly intentions. And my weekly intention is that I want to read every single night before bed. I've been reading Every summer after, I started to read it when I've been on transit or like when I've been commuting. Just been reading on my phone. Um, but I want to get make sure to read at least like one chapter. The chapters are pretty short most of the time before bed every night and just get back into that good habit because, you know, I've been trying to get back into this habit for a really long time and I really want to get back into it. I'm like holding myself accountable. We're 23. We're a little more mature now and we're going to do it. Um, tip of the week is to use a habit tracker. So I actually picked up the Mind Your Own Business Planner by Neats on Raider, and it has a little weekly habit tracker in there. And so I put that on my habit tracker. I actually put um, to read before bed every night to um, what else did I do? To read, to not to read, to drink two liters of water a day. And I don't remember what the third one was. Maybe it was to journal. But just use a habit tracker. It's really encouraging. You know, it's so much fun to cross things off and it really helps you with that. So I encourage you to use a habit tracker. Um, you can find them on Pinterest. You can make your own. Um, there's a bunch of different templates you can find online, I'm sure. But habit trackers are low-key awesome. And they're so much fun. And they can be cute. And they can actually help you build good habits. So Use a habit tracker to help you achieve your weekly intentions and hold yourself accountable. Okay, current favorites. Okay, I need to stop saying okay so many times. Current favorites. My friend Shayna, my best friend Shayna, which you guys probably know, you always say she looks like me on, like, like that we're twins on TikTok. But anyway, she got me the Makeup Forever skin pencil or makeup pencil in Anywhere Caffeine. It's the one that Miss Hailey Bieber uses. And I kid you not, this lip pencil makes you look like you got your lips done. Like it makes your lips look so full and so good and just incredible. So it's the Anywhere Caffeine Makeup Forever lip pencil, or I think it's just like a, it's a multi-purpose pencil, but I use it as a lip liner. Looks incredible. 
I finally got on the Dior lip oil train. Have it in the color pink. My friend Hunter got it for me um, for my birthday. And that with the lip liner is chef's kiss looks so good. Same with the Lawless. Flawless. Lawless. Forget the filler. Lip plumper. That with the lip liner also looks incredible. Looks incredible on its own. So love those three lip products. So that's the Makeup Forever pencil in Anywhere Caffeine. The Dior lip oil in pink. It's shade 001. And then the Lawless Forever. Forget the filler. It's in like, I forgot what it's called, but it's like this like blush pink color. It's like the light pink, almost clear color. Really love that. Um, I recently got my brows threaded at G Beauty and there's just like something unique about getting your eyebrows threaded. I used to get them waxed all the time in the pandemic. I stopped. I would just um, use tweezers and clean them up, but I'm not really great at maintaining the shape super well because I don't really want to touch the shape or the arch and mess it up or anything. But when I get my eyebrows threaded, specifically at G Beauty here in Toronto, I know they have a few other locations, I believe, in Miami. I could be wrong. I think they have in Miami, somewhere in America. But they just shape them so well. I feel like it shapes my face so well, and they just look so much better, and my face looks so much more symmetrical, and it's such a confidence booster. And I also feel like my brow products go on so much better when my eyebrows are threaded and trimmed and even if you got like a little eyebrow tint it just makes them pop and they look so good so eyebrow threading is my current obsession I always put it off for so long because it is a bit pricier but it's so worth it and it's an instant confident booster my last current fave is Forma I've been going to tight clinic here in Toronto and me getting Forma Forma is like a non-invasive face facelift let me research I don't want to say the wrong thing but you guys know I have spoken about that my jawline has been my insecurity for me I used to have a really defined jawline okay actually I'll give you a little history of my facial structure growing up I always had a super full face super round definitely like more round and full on the cheeks and lower like face region like surrounding my chin. Um, and then as I got older and became a teenager, my face actually became a lot slimmer and I had a super defined jawline and I never felt insecure about my jaw. Like I actually, like whenever my friends would make double chins, like I could never, like, I don't know, it just wasn't a thing. And as I've gotten older and like, obviously like my weight has fluctuated and everything, like my face has become more full. And when I like way more my face is more full and like if I weigh less then obviously like you know like your face can get slimmer um but I don't know just like in the recent years like my face has just been more full and I've learned to kind of accept it but my jaw is definitely still something that is something that I'm a bit insecure about and so I've been seeing this forma treatment um, for a while now and I've really considered it for a year and I decided to finally pull the trigger and invest in myself and take the time to do this. So basically I've done two sessions so far. You do six sessions around, I think it's 
five to 14 days apart between each session. And it lasts for two to three years. And Forma is a skin tightening. Skin tightening is the most effective solution to reversing the signs of aging. Um, It helps produce new collagen. And it really just like feels like a hot stone massage. Like almost think like your gua sha is a little warm and you have like this like jelly serum on your skin and you're just like using the gua sha in repetitive motions over your jawline, your cheekbones up until um, like your eyes, like where your crow's feet would be. And it just like really like lifts and brightens and tightens your skin and you have no downtime. Um, it's non-invasive. Like you can literally like go work out afterwards. Like you're not bruised or anything like filler does. Um, it's not painful. Like it just feels like warm. Like I literally almost fell asleep when they were doing it. It's about 45 minutes per session and they spend 50% of the time on one side of your face and then they move to the other side of your face and they take before and after pictures at tight clinic and they send them to me like in a little collage and I can already see like after the first treatment, like the before and after the first treatment, you can already definitely see like a pretty significant difference. So I'm really curious to see what I look like, like what the photos look like from before to like after now my second treatment. I just had my second one yesterday. I definitely feel like my jawline looks more snatched already. So I'm already feeling confident, more confident and just feeling great. Like after the first two, like I just feel like my face is so much like more lifted and bright and like less tired looking. So I've really been liking Forma. It is pricey, but I would say that it's cheaper compared to like the other alternatives of things that you can do. And on top of that, you don't have the downtime. So it's $250 per session, um, which I do understand is expensive. Um, They do have packs for like three and six, but it is a bit like more affordable than like if you were to get like jaw surgery or like, I don't know, liposuction or something like that. And is that it? We did our weekly intention. We did our tip of the week. We did our current faves. Am I forgetting anything, guys? <laughs> Why am I blanking? Why? Why am I so tired today? Yeah. We're good. We did everything. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Anyways, I am going to bring Adriana onto the podcast. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Make sure to leave a rating as always if you're enjoying this episode. It really means a lot to me and I love seeing your reviews and reading them. They make me so happy. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or like anything, I also love seeing when you guys tag me. It really makes me so happy to see you all listening to the podcast and I love reposting it all on socials. So feel free to screenshot and post on your socials and tag at Alana Bloomberg or at Morning Ray Podcast on Instagram. I'd love to see what episodes you're listening to. If you're listening to this one, obviously no pressure, but I love seeing when you guys do post. And here is Adriana. Sorry, Adriana. Hello, you guys. I'm here with a special guest. I'll let her introduce herself. So who are you? Where are you from? And what is your zodiac sign? 
Um, I'm Adriana. Thanks so much for having me. I'm a freelance influencer marketing and brand consultant uh, based in Toronto, and I'm a Capricorn. And I mean, if you want to know my moon and rising, I'm a Libra double for moon and rising as well, which I think, I don't know if you're into like astrology, but you'll probably be able to tell, like I definitely show all those qualities. (laughs) Yes. Um, I haven't like looked into it in so long, but my, I'm a Leo sun, Libra rising and Gemini moon. Okay. I love Leos. I love Geminis. Yes. And my boyfriend's a Libra. So you have all the qualities I like. (laughs) And okay, so today we're going to be like discussing a few different things. Um, How did you get into the influencer and PR space? And like, what made you want to work in influencer marketing? I know a lot of my listeners are so interested in it. Like they see all the creators working with all these cool brands and they want to know how they can do it from the brand side. A lot of them are in high school or just in university and are looking for jobs. They're always asking me. So I feel like you can provide more insight. So what made you want to get into this space and how did you get into it? Yeah, I feel like I was really into like the influencer world since I was like in elementary school. Mm-hmm. I watched all like the OG YouTubers like Michelle Phan, like the makeup. Oh my God, I forgot about her. Yeah, <laughs> like all of the OG girls who were doing it in the beginning before mm-hmm. it was even like a real job. Um, so I just feel like I've been immersed in that space for so long. And as I graduated school and started working full time, the space kind of started to really grow. Mm-hmm. And Honestly, my first job was a social media manager. And as that kind of developed, I met some people in the space who introduced me to where I worked previously. Mm-hmm. And that's just where I really like dove in and actually started doing the work. Um, yeah. So it kind of fell into my lap. But I think that if you have like an interest in the space and you have mm-hmm. a good understanding of like the trends and what makes a good campaign or a good brand mm-hmm. and what that looks like people will do well in like that area yeah for sure and can you maybe give like a career timeline like what was like your first like internship or like even if it was like a retail job like where did you start and like how did you get to where you are now because I think that's something that people are always so curious yeah. about like okay yeah like you're a marketing director but like how the hell did you get to being a marketing director, what steps did you have to take in order to land up in your current career position? Yeah, no, there was definitely a lot of things that I did. When I was in university, I did two unpaid internships. So I know like you should be paid for what they do, but I really just wanted to get experience Mm -hmm. and I really wanted to get my foot in the door and meet new people. So I interned at a PR agency when I was in my third year of university. Um, again, just because I wanted that experience and to just like have the right people Mm -hmm. on my side for the future. Um, and that was a great experience. I learned a lot and it was when the like influencer space and social media was so different. Like Mm -hmm. it was the blogger world and all of that, but I was able to meet a lot of people that are still thriving influencers now, especially in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like some events and all of that. So that was fun. And then I also actually interned at a magazine, which 
I was um, studying to be a journalist at the time, so I wanted to figure out if I was more interested in like the PR and marketing side Mm -hmm. or journalism, so I interned at Today's Parent Magazine, which is kind of funny because I knew nothing about being a parent, (laughs) but again, I just wanted that experience in like the editorial world, and there are a lot of connections between like PR and editorial because Mm -hmm. you're always communicating, like PR people are going to the people at magazines to help promote their mm-hmm. product as well. So that's kind of where I started. And then after that, I graduated and that's when I landed my first job as a social media manager. Okay. What is it like working on like the other side of influencer marketing? We are, we're always seeing like these TikToks about like, this is how much I made this month. And like, I worked with this brand and this is how I pitched myself. But like, what is it like being the brand itself and reaching out to influencers and negotiating with them, whether it be like the influencer themselves or through an agency, like there's so many unknowns and I'm sure many people are curious. Yeah. I think depending on the size of the brand, it might be a little bit different, Mm -hmm. but my experience is with like small companies. So I'm like the main person doing like point A to point Mm -hmm. Z of the campaign. So really on the brand side, a lot of things that you're doing is casting a bunch of influencers. I mean, I'm stalking so many people (laughs) every single day, Um, casting people, creating a budget. So getting that money approved that Mm -hmm. we can give to the creators, Um, creating a whole strategy of like the purpose of the campaigns, why we're doing it and how it's going to benefit the brand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's always tough on the brand side because I want to be friendly with the influencers and I want to make them feel comfortable and happy with being yeah. a part of the brand and to some capacity. But then again, you have to think about your CEO and your founders who are also trying to make a living mm-hmm. and really want to save money where they can as yeah. well. So it's definitely tricky because understanding the value of a creator, but also understanding the difficulties of growing a small business mm-hmm. Uh, is where it can like become conflicting but I mean it's rewarding and it's a lot of fun meeting all these new influencers and seeing people make pretty much magic of and bringing brands to life for you so that's yeah I dabbled in influencer marketing from like the business standpoint I did it for an agency in my old job at Greenfresh and it definitely is like hard as also an influencer herself because you know how much like someone works like for their content and like you want to pay them their full rates but sometimes you literally have the world's smallest budget but you need to somehow make it work and it's like finding like that middle point where Mm -hmm. both sides are happy yeah and I mean I think a lot of people don't realize how small brands actually are Mm -hmm. just because they might have like a big social following or they just make themselves look really good on social media a lot of people get confused that way and just think everyone has a huge budget which I wish all of my clients and like past employers have had um but yeah it's on the brand side it's a little bit tricky you want to like make both sides happy yeah it's definitely a balancing act and it's kind of like how like like a lot of brands appear a lot bigger. It's kind of like how a guy can seem a lot more confident than mm-hmm. they actually are. Yeah. Um, and it's all about, like, you never know. Like brands can be massive and like blow up online, but still like be very much mm-hmm. a startup and not have much funding and yeah. you just got to make it work. Exactly. 
what is something you have like observed from being on the other side? Like, are there like certain patterns that you noticed or um, like positive things, maybe negative things in the industry? Yeah, I think what has shifted in the last few years with influencer marketing is people understanding their value, which I think is a great thing as a creator, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it has made things difficult for like the campaign manager because I think CEOs and founders are kind of thinking that the space is the same as it was five years ago. So sending people free product doesn't necessarily do the job anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say like trying to convince your boss that having a budget is important and a important part of what they need to be you know thinking about for the marketing dollars is something that makes it a little bit mm-hmm. difficult um but i think just the positive thing in general and like my favorite thing is creating a community and finding people that are super aligned with the brand i become friends with mm-hmm. them they become really close with you know the brand on its own and they start posting organically and yeah we all just kind of feel like a family um so that's my favorite thing like doing events and getting to meet everyone and hug everyone and i mean the last few years with covid yeah i i felt crazy just like making all these friends online and yeah connecting with all these people that finally being able to see everyone in person is always so rewarding and i think it's the most positive part yeah I definitely love that as a creator stand like on my side of things like getting to finally meet like the person I'm constantly emailing Mm -hmm. back and forth with and like meeting like the other creators that I see on the same campaigns or being gifted the same product like it's nice to like see each other like IRL like and interacting and I love working with like a brand time like time and over again because I just feel like one to my audience it really appears as organic as like I want it to Mm -hmm. because I'm working with that brand over and over again and then you also build that relationship the same way you would want to build a relationship with a client in any other field so I think it's really nice when companies or agencies use the same influencer on multiple campaigns yeah and I think like if you are someone that like wants to be an influencer marketing manager or you're thinking about it or in the mm-hmm. field right now, working with an influencer on a consistent basis is actually where you see success. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't think a lot of times I see like a huge turnaround from just using an influencer one time. Mm-hmm. It's building that relationship and having their audience recognize that they actually do like the product or whatever service you're selling that like having that consistency Mm -hmm. with them actually will make your influencer strategy a lot stronger too yeah because that influencer then becomes an advocate or an ambassador for your brand and people associate the brand with them Mm -hmm. and them with the brand so Mm -hmm. it ends up working really well exactly like um there's a girl kate glavin who I've actually had on the podcast and she was posting Hoka like nonstop. Mm-hmm. And now she's actually a Hoka athlete and they sponsor her and she like hosts events with Hoka yeah. and like does all their campaigns yeah. and like. Being super busy can make it really easy to fall into a dinner time recipe rut or even with your lunches. Any meal honestly can get you into a rut, especially with a busy schedule this fall. You can keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every single week, so there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. It's truly 
a no-brainer. It does all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive at your doorstep pre-proportioned and ready to cook along with pictured step-by-step recipe cards. It's never been easier. I personally love HelloFresh as a way to get exposure to new recipes, make my life a bit easier as a busy 20-year-old in the city. And I love that it's worry-free, it's super easy, it's convenient, and gets delivered straight to my door. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Ray and use code 50Ray for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50RAE and use code 50Ray, 50RAE for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. And thank you for sponsoring today's episode of Morning Ray. Celebrity voice impersonation, not an endorsement. Why go to a single furniture store when you can go to Big Sandy Superstore? Shop and compare America's top five mattress brands, plus Nectar and Purple. And choose from over 22,000 in-stock appliances from the top brands at the guaranteed lowest price. Or furnish the room of your dreams with a large selection of American-built furniture. With financing plans for just about anyone, there's nowhere else quite like it. Big Sandy Superstore. It's just, it's amazing to see, like, you start from the bottom, like, you build it up, and I'm sure, like, her followers, like, I mean, I've been influenced as a follower, and I'm sure there's many other people who have, like, seen her post about Hoka so much and, like, love it so much, whether it was, like, paid or, like, completely organic, who now have Hoka's and want Hoka's and are part of that community as well. Yeah. Um, Did working in the influencer marketing industry ever make you feel like you're on the wrong side? Like, I always see, like, these TikToks. (laughs) I keep bringing it back to TikTok, but I keep seeing these TikToks where it's, like, and even my sister, she works in PR and she like sees the rates that like certain influencers are charging and like the money that they're bringing in. Like, do you ever feel like maybe I should be the influencer <laughs> charging? I mean, I would be lying if I said I never thought about <laughs> it. Um, yeah, I definitely thought about it. It's come across my mind sometimes even when I'm frustrated. I'm like, why am I on this side? <laughs> it, but you have to remember that both sides are not easy. Yeah. So just because it might seem like, oh, they're making a 15 second TikTok for this amount of money, like you don't know how long it's actually taking them to put that together yeah. and make it like the perfect project that you sign the contract as. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, sometimes <laughs> I do enjoy the back end just because I feel like I. I enjoy like the nerdy side of things mm-hmm. and the strategic side of it. Um, but I do think if the ter- tables turned in some way, I'll have that knowledge of what brands do like and what brands are looking for. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, if it ends up going in that direction, hopefully I make brands happy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've thought about it before, um, but I think I, I like the back end a little bit better. Yeah. Also, like, sometimes it's nice to, like, be out of, like, the spotlight. Like, it's it, it can be tiring, like, constantly, like, putting yourself out there and, like, having to, like, show face and, like, be happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's not, like, the real case. Yeah. And, I mean, you can still be, like, that cool campaign girl. Right? Yeah. You can still be the fun influencer marketing manager on yeah. the website <laughs> that all of the influencers are friends with. So, it's both sides is such a big win and you still get to do 
some of the cool things mm-hmm. that they're doing, especially if you're you're hosting the event. Yeah, you still got to attend the event, exactly. and like I'm sure you still got like the product and stuff. Like I remember. I don't know if my sister's current agency has this, but she was working at a PR agency and they had a lot of beauty brands. So they mm-hmm. literally had a beauty closet, like kind of how like a beauty magazine has like their beauty room. Yeah. And like she could go in and like take things. And it would, she, sometimes she would bring it home for us if they were like, say one client was like no longer a client, they had all this excess product, they would clear it out and I would get all the goodies. So it's kind of like getting yeah. PR in a way. Yeah, when I was working at a, that PR agency as an intern, it was that was the main perk. So I was like, oh, it's okay, I'm not paid. I get, <laughs> I get to go home with a beauty goodie bag almost every week. Um, but yeah, going back to like the like financial side of things too, obviously the influencer space is like blowing up and people are getting paid Mm-hmm. a great amount of dollars nowadays but what I changed is I left like the brand side or I guess like working for one mm-hmm. brand specifically and turned into doing freelance which I highly recommend if like you feel ready because the paycheck on that side looks mm-hmm. a lot different than working for one yeah. single brand as well yeah for sure because yeah. even like when you work in an agency, like they have like the retainer and then they put aside like a portion of that retainer, like for the influencers. And then that retainer is like broken down into a million people's Mm -hmm. salaries versus like when it's just you, it's just you. Exactly. So there's ways to make money on both sides. Yes. If if that's what makes you happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you feel that creators typically under or overvalue themselves? Um, I think the last few years people were undervaluing themselves mm-hmm. um to a certain extent but i feel like there's been this wave of education in the last few years especially with like Mitsen yeah having her mind your business i really think after that it kind of shifted the conversation with even like micro influencers that are under ten thousand followers um so nowadays, I think people are not necessarily overcharging, but they are um, understanding the value of their work and their time that they're actually mm-hmm. putting into what they're doing. So I feel like there's this whole shift in that sense. I will say there was one person who quoted me in the past for $20,000 for a TikTok video. Oh my God. And <laughs> That was the first time that I've been asked for that amount of money. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have that budget yeah. to allocate. But so in that sense, I think she was a little <laughs> bit over asking to be entirely fair. But I think um, another way to work with brands at like a financially friendly way that will still make you money as a creator but will feel a little bit better on the brand side Mm -hmm. is trying to build like some form of long-term partnership or um you know offering them maybe something more than what they asked for so whether that is um providing them with extra imagery on Mm -hmm. top of the images that you're going to be posting or whatever you're sharing because that'll just make them feel like it's more worth the deal and they can use that mm-hmm. as they please or or yeah we're building like a three-month timeline with them or a yearly 
contract and picture yourself that you're going to provide them with X, Y, and Z throughout the year. And brands do like that. Yeah. And again, that kind of goes back to the consistency conversation too. So it'll look great as a creator and your audience will trust it a little bit more, but also the brand will mm-hmm. be really happy to be spending their dollars in a, I guess, in a smart way. Yeah. I feel like back on the creators, like being more educated, not that I think it's wrong that people who under have under like $10,000, 10,000 <laughs> followers to be charging, but it's kind of like the way that in a corporate job, like you work your way up, like, yeah, people don't really condone like an unpaid internship, but you do have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they shouldn't get paid at all, but like I created content and I understand it was like a different time, but I created content for two years before I even got Mm -hmm. a cent off of it. I think my first quote unquote paid campaign was with Booster Juice and I got a $75 gift card. And like, I think I used it, I used it to buy the product for the campaign and maybe like once or twice after that, because like I never really found myself going to Booster Juice that often. But like you start somewhere and like now I feel like a lot of creators are like, I have 5,000 followers and this brand like wants me to create something. So I'm going to charge them like a hundred dollars. And like, do you really know the value of your audience? Like, are you able to convert? Like you still have to take these things into account. Like a follower isn't valuable unless like they're engaging and they're likely to convert. And like, it's going to provide some positive like ROI for the brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I will say like, I haven't necessarily paid a, micro influencer to date um just because i wouldn't i know i wouldn't see the push that yeah i was giving in dollar to them but i think that of like you were saying like a great way to start building a relationship with the brand is to offer you know that free partnership mm-hmm. here and there And if they start to see that your followers are engaged, your followers are purchasing product because Mm -hmm. of you, that's really when you will start to like build that reputation with your brand and they will eventually want to pay you, Mm -hmm. uh, whether you are still under 10,000 followers or not. So I do think like, again, it makes brands a little bit more uh, happy when you do offer that kind of, mm-hmm. I guess, quote, quote, freebie in the beginning, because they're also scared to give all of that. Yeah, it's a risk away. on their end too. Exactly. So I would say just build relationships with brands that you truly feel aligned with. And I mean, if your audience loves it, the brand will love that and they'll recognize that. Another thing, like going back on like the engagement mm-hmm. side of things, like, as influencer marketing managers, we have the tools to see like what like percentage of audience is yes. actually engaged and what your average analytics are. So that's another thing that we factor when casting campaigns. So it's also important when you're starting out as a creator to find ways to actually engage with your audience versus just thinking about the paycheck that you mm-hmm. get out of it. Yeah, I think also what I've been running into in conversations and like, it's totally okay that if you want to make money from influencing, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, who doesn't like, you see all these girls, like you see like self-made girls like Nitsan and Emma and Sophie and like, they're like, they've done incredible for themselves. And like, you want that paycheck, but at the same time, like you're not going to have that longevity as a creator. If that's your only reason why, like you need to 
want to create content because you want to create content, not because you want to create content so you can get paid. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think people can see that whether they are on the brand side or if they're just like scrolling through a page or someone's feed, you can really tell who cares about their audience by engaging with them in comments and mm-hmm. actually posting about things that make sense as a flow. Like mm-hmm. your page, for example, it's very clear of like the message that you're trying to spread to your followers and the type of like world that you like Mm -hmm. to live in so it's very clear so i also think like just be authentic to yourself and be authentic with the brands that you're accepting and showcasing on Mm -hmm. your page and that'll help you grow which in turn will you know bring you the right brands and hopefully actually get paid yeah and if you're listening to this episode and you're maybe new to creating content and there's a few brands that maybe you ideally like have a dream of working with like start to create content organically like say you really like Aritzia like and you're really into fashion you have like a fashion page going on like create outfits using Aritzia pieces as Mm -hmm. you normally would and just tag them and like continue to do that and eventually like maybe Aritzia will reach out to you and want to send you some free clothes and then you'll create content out of with those clothes organically and tagging them and then maybe they see that those do really well and down the mm-hmm. line they'll offer you a paid partnership and maybe it starts off at a lower rate but then if that does really well and it performs really well then they're going to be open to paying you more it's kind of how at a job like you get a promotion and you get an increased salary it's the same sort of thing yeah I think that's a great tip because that's actually how I find a lot of people especially in terms of video creators because I like to see examples Mm -hmm. of what people can do with the product that I am working with in order for me to like pick the right people so keep tagging like your favorite brands and whatnot and they'll start to notice and like you just said Hopefully, eventually, they'll give you some goodies that you can do more content with yeah. and hopefully eventually get paid as time goes on. And, like, it's not annoying if you keep tagging it. Like, it's a mutual, like, a mutually yeah. beneficial, like, relationship. <laughs> like, they're seeing your stuff and then they're getting tagged so then people are going to their page. Like, it's a win-win situation. And, like, you can even reach out if you want and be like, hey, like, I love your brand. Like, I've created this content. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd love to discuss working together potential in the future. And if they don't answer, like the worst that can happen is they don't answer or they say no. Like mm-hmm. that is it. And I've had brands that have not answered or have said no to me initially and then come back a few months later and they're like, we want to work with you. We want to pay you because I continue to post them even though they said, I don't want to work mm-hmm. with you at this time. Yeah, no, as an influencer marketing manager too, when someone pitches themselves to me and has examples to show for, it makes me more inclined mm-hmm. to put them in like an upcoming campaign or giving them some sort of deal because I know that they actually like the product and that it'll, and I can already see kind of how their audience is going to resonate with the type of content that they want to do. So keep tagging your favorite brands. They, they all love it. Yes. And like your pages are your resume. It's like the same way how you would bring like a resume and portfolio to Mm -hmm. a job, like same sort of thing. Um, do you prefer working directly with creators themselves or dealing with management teams? Because I know I've been on the fence about having a manager or not. I've decided to do a trial, but I've never been sure. Like if on the other side, do they prefer to deal with directly like me as an influencer or the influencers team? Yeah, I've definitely come across some intense managers that 
have left a little sour taste mm-hmm. in my mouth, which I feel bad because I wonder, is the does the influencer know mm-hmm. how they're uh, speaking? Does the influencer know what their rates actually are that they're telling me or whatnot? So I would say if you're a smaller creator and you have the capacity to manage yourself, it's always nice to build those relationships mm-hmm. with uh, the brands or the influencer marketing managers at the brands. Even if you can like do a zoom call with them especially if you have some form of contract with them it's always nice to put a face Mm -hmm. to the brand and to the creator in that sense and have that like organic friendship Mm -hmm. in a way before you actually work with them so i would say if you're still a smaller creator you don't necessarily need a manager unless you're swamped with doing a million other things Mm -hmm. um but i I think if your manager understands your uh, your vision, understands the type of brands that you truly are aligned with and is open with you and likes to loop you in in like the appropriate way, mm-hmm. I think then that's the time to get a manager. Um, but I would just, I would interview your manager as much as they are interviewing you as a creator because mm-hmm. it's important that they understand what you want and how you want uh, to approach brands. Yeah, for sure. Or even like another like option that you can take, like say like you're considering like getting a manager because I've known a few of my friends are like also on the fence. Like, why don't you see if maybe like, if say you have a younger sister or brother who like is capable of writing an email, like even if like you're still like having the discussion with them, but they're kind of just doing that admin work for mm-hmm. you and coming like going through your email because I know a lot of people struggle to answer emails. Like it's the last thing they want to do. I love doing it. So yeah. like <laughs> I already told my managers that I want to be copied on every single email. I don't want to be taken off the thread. Yeah. And I think that's a great approach too. Yeah. Um, but like maybe get like a sibling or a friend, like hire on a friend and like give them like a 10% or 15% cut of like any like Mm-hmm. paycheck you get and like you can do that and then you have like more control over like the messaging and everything and then I don't know like that's another approach yeah I know I'm a guest on your podcast but when did you decide that it was like the right time to get a manager I just felt like I had hit like a plateau like in terms of like my connections and like my ability to have the time to mm-hmm. negotiate and do all these things and pitch myself. Like I still pitch myself. I have lots of brands that come into my emails, but they're not always the brands that I'm aligned with and want to work with. And I just don't have time to like pitch myself anymore. Like I'm just exhausted from doing it for so long. Like I'm almost at five years now, which is really crazy. And I just wanted to see like both two of my really good friends, Trin and Kaylee, just signed with managers and they're really happy and like they've seen not that money is everything but they've started to earn a lot more and started to work with a lot of their dream Mm -hmm. brands a lot sooner than they would have thought so I thought why not try it out for myself and see what happens I'm doing a three-month trial and we'll see what happens from there and if I like it I like it and if I don't I go back to doing it for myself and I've learned like maybe a few things from them tips and tricks of like seeing how they negotiate like what they value my rates at yeah, you can learn from them along the way as well. Yeah. So, like, that's, like, where I was at. I just, like, felt like I hit, like, a wall. Like, and, like, they can also help you with, like, growth strategies for your content and stuff depending right. on the team. So it's always nice to have a team behind you because, like, sometimes it can get lonely or it can get frustrating because you're doing 
everything yourself. I know, that's so true. Right now, I'm like focusing specifically on influencer marketing management for brands, but the talent side is something that I've been so curious about as well, especially after speaking to so many um, managers Mm -hmm. on my own, like when creating deals for all of these influencers. So I think it's a space that I'm eventually gonna think about getting into as well yeah I was like debating like doing that myself because I feel like I've always done it for my friends like they're the ones that like reach out to me and they're like how do I propose myself to this brand like how do I like write a pitch email like how much should I be like charging like I'm literally like mini meets on almost like (laughs) helping my friends out so I was like maybe we can team up and do that But um, I feel like work-life balance is something that's becoming more and more of a conversation and even not to bring Sean Mendez and we I speak about him a lot on the podcast. As we should. should. <laughs> but like you can see that his team like stands behind him and he's taken a mental health break from the tour. And yes, it's sad that he's had to cancel it. But I feel like in PR and like these like really like 24-7 intense um industries it's really hard to find that work-life balance and set those boundaries like saying no to your boss that you're not going to be available to check your email after 5 p.m or 6 p.m on a weekday etc mm-hmm. um what can you share and like your experiences and finding that work-life balance setting those boundaries and like really like focusing on that self-care practice yeah so i'm definitely guilty of letting an unbalanced life get to me. Mm-hmm. When I started at where I was working previously, and this goes back to like my Capricorn in me, <laughs> I'm so eager and I always want to make everyone really happy and I want everything that I'm doing to be perfect. So there was definitely a, a huge chunk of my career where I didn't balance my life and work mm-hmm. like it got to the point where I was carrying my laptop everywhere like even when I had to go to the bathroom I would make sure it's there because I was so scared that my boss would message me or my manager at the time would message me and they would just think I'm slacking off which I think is a problem that a lot of people probably picked up on during COVID and working mm-hmm. from home um, so I will say I was. I don't think this is at every brand or every agency. I definitely think you have to figure it out yourself and make sure that you're joining the right team that values work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely didn't have it for a long time. I think the last few months at my previous job, I made like the personal decision to remove my email from my phone and my Slack from my phone, just so when I fully close my laptop, I won't be getting those notifications mm-hmm. on my phone at night. And it made it a lot easier to kind of just shut down and relax for the evening. So I definitely recommend if you feel like you're overwhelmed and you're not prioritizing yourself or the people outside of your workplace that you find ways to remove it and physically disconnect Mm -hmm. because it's, it's a must. And I do think that you have to, you have to be mentally, I guess you have to be, very clear-minded before you are working for someone like you have to make sure that you are okay before starting the work day because it'll reflect in your work Mm -hmm. as well and you don't want that um so 
I recommend disconnecting, finding ways to pamper yourself at night, go to sleep early, uh, read books, like get your mind off of it because it's going to be there in the morning and there's no need to stress about that. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's my, my, I guess, view on all of that. And if you also have like a manager or a boss that is like bothering you and texting you all the time and it's starting to take over like your mental health and just your life in general, mm -hmm. if you do feel comfortable, I would bring it up to them or at least if you have like an HR manager, just mm -hmm. find someone to talk to to let them know that you feel like it's a little bit overbearing and overwhelming. And if it is a workplace that values you, they will understand mm -hmm. that space that you need and hopefully things move up from there. Yeah, what I've learned is it's really important to set those boundaries in the beginning or as soon as possible, because the longer you let those boundaries be neglected, the longer you're gonna be in this state of like high anxiety or feeling burnt out. Mm -hmm. And if you do it from the beginning, you're going to feel so much more at ease. And like, even if like maybe the boundaries are pushed a little bit, you'll still have like that confidence to go back on like, hey, like I said, like, this is what I'm not okay with. And like, I only want to be doing work during these set hours. Yeah. I'd appreciate if you stuck to this as I would like do the same to you or for you. Um, I know that's really helped me because obviously like I'm a social media manager and I do socials outside of work. Yeah. So it's a lot like I'm on my phone a lot and I've like made it very clear to my bosses like, yes, I can still answer DMs and whatnot outside of work hours. But unfortunately, outside of like my nine to five work day, it's not going to be an instant reply because I need that work life mm -hmm. balance. I can't be like waking up anxious that I haven't like checked the DMs like at 7 a.m. in the morning like going on my phone and be like did I miss all the DMs from like all the clients that I'm like managing their accounts yeah and as long as you are aware of the way you're feeling then you should make those like smart changes or even reevaluate if the workplace mm -hmm. you're working that too. at is the place for you I, I will say that it's tough to think about leaving a job and it's really tough to remove yourself in the sense of like thinking is it me or is it them like you need to definitely reevaluate the space that you're working and if you don't think that it's for you it's also okay to leave take a break or find another job mm -hmm. especially if you're young like this is the time to do it because once you have like those responsibilities of a family and a house and all of that, that yeah. comes with life, then it'll be a little bit more difficult for you to find that place that actually works for you. Yeah, and I think what happens a lot is people feel guilty about wanting to leave. And at the end of the day, it's business. And I feel like as females, we're, we can be a lot more emotional about our decisions versus like a man is typically like cutthroat, like it's black or white. But just know that like being super busy can make it really easy to fall into a dinner time recipe rut or even with your lunches. Any meal honestly can get you into a rut, especially with a busy schedule this fall. You can keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every single week. So there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. It's truly 
a no-brainer. It does all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive at your doorstep pre-proportioned and ready to cook along with pictured step-by-step recipe cards. It's never been easier. I personally love HelloFresh as a way to get exposure to new recipes, make my life a bit easier as a busy 20-year-old in the city. And I love that it's worry-free, it's super easy, it's convenient, and gets delivered straight to my door. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Ray and use code 50Ray for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50RAE and use code 50Ray, 50RAE for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. And thank you for sponsoring today's episode of Morning Ray. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, maybe your boss will be like a little bit upset because you are like a part of the company, but you really have to do what's best for you. And at the end of the day, it is business. Like you can leave your job like people leave jobs all the time. People change roles. People decide to work for themselves. They take time off. Like it's really not as big of a deal as you think it is. And you're going to be so much happier once you make that decision. You just really need to let go of like that people pleasing complex. And I know I struggle with that. And I feel like you struggle with that too. Yeah, I definitely do. And that was like the biggest hurdle leaving my previous job. It was, I, I was worried about, all of the creators that I, you know, became friends with or have built a community with and all of the people that I was also working with at my job, Mm -hmm. I was so worried about, oh, who's going to take over my program and am I going, me leaving, does that mean that my social media manager is going to be overworked now or my marketing coordinator, is she going to be overworked? I was worrying about everybody else and the moment I realized that that's not my problem, I really need to take care of myself and do what's right for me mm-hmm. is when I woke up and I said I need to like move on to the next chapter and yeah. do what's right for me. Yeah. And needless to say, like, it doesn't mean like it's not scary. Like, of course it is. Like, even like when I switched jobs, like I felt so guilty, like having that conversation and like, I knew I had to do it. I was working remote, so I knew I had to do it, like, on a video call. Like, I didn't want to email it. Like, obviously, I still sent the email afterwards. But, like, it will be okay. Everything will be okay. It's it's difficult. But, again, if your employer understands mm-hmm. the reasons why he left or is a kind human being, they will be okay. And at the end of the day in a way you are replaceable. So they will find someone that's yeah. just as great that will do a great job for them. But if you continue to work at a place that you don't feel happy at or you're extremely burnt out, you're not going to deliver to, mm-hmm. and the capacity that they deserve as well. So removing yourself is actually a win-win, 
I think for both sides most times. Yes. And like if your boss and your team are like nice humans, like there's also, you won't like lose those connections. Like as long as like you were like nice to them and like you performed well, like that doesn't like discredit any of that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm still on good terms with my old boss and like everyone that works there and like I help them out and they help me out and like nothing bad happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's not always bad. Take the steps that you need to take because you're also never going to be at one career for your entire life. Like You have to learn different skills at different points of your life in Mm -hmm. order for you to continue growing. So it's important to make these different moves. Yes. And on the topic of leaving, we've discussed this a little bit already, mm-hmm. but transitioning careers in your mid-20s, I feel like everyone thinks that like the first job they get out of university or college is like their career for the rest of their <laughs> lives, even though all their professors have said like, I did X, Y, Z and a million other things yeah. before becoming a professor. I feel like we already know what led you to make the change, but how did you know when you were ready and did you make any sort of business plan or like plan at at all before leaving your nine to five because I know like whenever I've discussed with my dad about going like full-time content (laughs) creator influencer like he's like you need to make a business plan you need a 30 60 90 yeah and uh, your budget goals yeah we'll see and we'll talk (laughs) yeah no I I wanted to leave my job maybe for a year now um, mainly because, again, I'm just going to keep going back to the Capricorn in me, but I am someone who feels like I can run the world <laughs> sometimes. Retweet. But, yeah, literally retweet. Him. But I am scared sometimes to take that leap because I also feel, uh, I also fear failure mm-hmm. and disappointment. Mainly like disappointment amongst myself and everyone else in my life even though I know no one is going to shame me for trying yeah it's just that like back end fear and I'm sure a lot of people have that same fear I have it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I mean for the last year it's been something I've been thinking about and then you know there was just a point at my job where it was very clear that I needed a change and I needed something new to grow and Mm -hmm. unfortunately it wasn't going to happen there and I wasn't able to grow anymore there which is fine so I decided on like a Tuesday evening (laughs) that it's always Tuesdays yeah and (laughs) I guess like same with me I sat down with my dad and I was like dad I'm gonna quit but it's going to be okay and I was, I'm glad I didn't quit a year ago. I'm glad I did it now because I was so much more ready. Mm-hmm. My skills grew. Like I learned so much more in that year, but I was also like actually mentally ready. Mm-hmm. And I, it was very clear that this move was right. It was kind of a gut feeling, which maybe might not help a lot of people. But if you have this like gut feeling that you need to do something, listen to it. If you have experience, if you have education, you can always go back and find mm-hmm. another job. You know, there's always something else that you can do. But if you have that gut feeling like I did, I recommend just taking the jump and taking the risk, especially if you don't have a lot of responsibilities. Like right now, I'm in a lucky spot. Mm-hmm. Where I don't have a mortgage that I have to pay and I don't have kids that I have to feed. Yeah. So 
it's the right time and in my mind it's the only time to make it work so yeah that's how that happened i didn't really have a business plan necessarily but i just said i'm going to make this work and it will work so kind of witchy kind of like manifestation we're witches on here anything i say ends up happening um so (laughs) we're gonna manifest that you're gonna be incredibly successful thank you yeah you know what It's, it's been one month exactly since i left my job and i will say it was the best decision i've ever made i already have a full roster of clients that i actually need to hire someone to help me at this wow. point so it's i'm glad i took the leap because it is the right time and it's clearly showing so i hope that it continues to grow mm-hmm. and who knows what can come out of this but it feels really good and i recommend anyone who feels like they should be working for themselves or taking one leap or another in whatever direction you're going mm-hmm. in to just do it make it the only option and it will happen the way it's supposed to happen yes 110 percent. i have one question yeah. for you were are your parents or like siblings or like people in your family would you say they're entrepreneurial or would you say they're more conservative and that they work like the typical like nine to five or they work for someone else yeah i mean my dad works a typical nine to five um my mom has her own clients as well my mom's a hairstylist okay. so like a little bit different than what i yeah. do but she is very friendly with her clients she's very entrepreneurial in that way of like she makes people fall in love with her and that's why she's had clients for the last like 30 plus years mm-hmm. so in a way i learned from her in that sense to really build those good connections with people and if they don't become your client today maybe in a few months they'll come back and want mm-hmm. to be your client then so just yeah i would say like she's a little bit more entrepreneurial in that way and she's great at connecting with people and having those like organic conversations that really pull people in but i would say just like in general my parents always gave me like an open space to kind of just do whatever i want they were never those parents that were like you have to study math Mm -hmm. you have to be a doctor (laughs) they kind of just put me in things that i wanted like when i wanted to do dance i took dance when Mm -hmm. i wanted to be a singer they put me in music lessons (laughs) so like i kind of have had a very supportive family from the beginning which i think also made it a little bit easier for me to make this Mm-hmm. jump because I know that they trust in me and they will support me in whatever decision I really do make. Yeah, I asked that because both of my parents are a little more conservative in the sense that like they've always worked like a nine to five, like typical like sales marketing role. And same with like my sister, like she works in PR, like she works for an agency, she doesn't do mm-hmm. freelance. And like, I'm the one that's really like given them one because like I've just I've transferred universities like I haven't done like the typical career like I literally share my life online and like I got my job because of that not really because of school and like now here I am like wanting to like be my own boss entirely and like yes they are very supportive they were they're like your parents where if I wanted to dance I dance if I wanted to do like xyz like they were very supportive in that but it always kind of like hit like a wall it was like we're supportive until like (laughs) this point or like it's not even like that they're not supportive 
past that is just like they can't wrap their head around it because they've never done it themselves Mm -hmm. and they're obviously just nervous as parents because they want the best for their child yeah I also feel like this industry is also so fresh yeah that too so I think it's normal for anyone to question it because being a creator is a weird thing yeah how how has it grown to where it is now in the last few years? Uh, I don't know. So it's so fresh, like being on the brand side and on like the creator side. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a new industry. And I know some people think that it might die. Yeah, and that, like the like, bubble's going to burst and yeah. like stuff like that. But I think like as we've seen, like it pivots, like it started off exactly. as like a blogger and then you became like, a YouTuber, like it was YouTube was mm-hmm. the thing. And then you became an Instagrammer and then it was like an influencer. And then now it's a, then it was content creator. Now it's a creator. And then now you also have like people who do UGC off yeah. of that. So I think it's just going to keep like evolving and maybe what a creator is now won't be what it is tomorrow. Yeah. I think it's going to continue evolving. And so as long as you are someone that can like be on your toes and you adapt well, I think you'll thrive on like brand side or creator side, no problem. Thanks. <laughs> well, those are all my questions for you. I think there's a lot of really good takeaways for the listeners. And I would recommend if you guys haven't had your notebook or anything to write some of these things down, maybe go back and like listen on like two times speed and like just write down (laughs) the key takeaways. So you always have something to look back on, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And I mean, if you ever have any questions about the brand side or if like anyone listening has any questions, I'm an open book. I love sharing whatever wisdom I can say (laughs) because I, I, I don't think I necessarily had a person that guided me into like the direction I'm taking right mm-hmm. now. So I always want to give back where I can. So don't be shy if you have <laughs> any questions and you're trying to get into this like side of the world. Yes, and everything will be linked in the show notes. But plug yourself out. Where can the listeners find you? Ooh, uh, you can find me at Adriana Parente underscore. It's A D R I A N A P A R E N T E underscore. Um, I would say just like mainly on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok, but like I don't know if I'm using it properly. <laughs> I mean, you got you'll figure it out. Yeah. I think I think you're using it properly. I don't think there's really a wrong way to use it. Yeah, I need to dedicate a little bit more time into it. You're doing great. I like your content a lot. (laughs) But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Morning Ray. If you liked it, make sure to like, review, and subscribe. That is how you can help support the pod. I love you guys so much, and we'll chat soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24.